Welcome back. All right. So you know this is the intro to the intro. So you know we're getting, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna be doing something real nice for y'all. Uh, today we have Jesse, my man Jesse from Still It. He's coming on here and he's gonna talk to us about what he's doing over there. He's, uh, you know, he's doing some really cool stuff. If you haven't, it'll, we'll tell you in the show. But uh, go check him out. He's on YouTube and he has a. Uh, uh, a really nice webpage. If you're if you're into um, any of the things he's about, go in there. I will give a, di- a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, Jesse's from New Zealand, and it is 100% legal to home distill there. Um, it is not in the United States, right? So just be aware of that. Um, some of the things said are not apl- applicable to us here in the states. Um, I've been following Jesse for a long time. He's a good friend of mine now. Um, so I really hope you enjoy it. But also something I totally forgot about, and we, we kind of talked about this at the very end, we actually shared a dram together. Yeah, on, 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 the, on the show, and we didn't even talk about it. And I feel really bad because I, it was supposed to be like, you know, a, a shared drink type thing, and we, of course, didn't do that. So... Um, we were drinking Iron Root Republic, their Harbinger, 115 proof, amazing whiskey. Um, he just happened to have a bottle. I just happened to have a bottle. Uh, it's funny how you can be on the other side of the world and still ha- still share a dram with each other. So that was that was really cool. I'm really glad we got to do that. So yeah, I mean, without further ado, Make sure that uh, you follow, like, subscribe, and everything that uh, we are doing here and everything that Jesse's doing. Um, I, uh, yeah, shoot me any uh, emails or whatever if you want, if you have future topics or if you have any guests you'd like me to get on. We, we're, we're rolling out guests left and right here. Literally, I've got three or four lined up already uh, coming in. So I hope you all enjoy this, and I'm going to try to, you know, do – one with a guest and one one with me, and then we'll go back and forth from there. Um, but yeah, as you can tell, my voice is a little hoarse today. I don't know what the heck's going on, but you know, it's it's crazy. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoy it, and um, yeah, stay tuned for Jesse would still it later. Keep your spirits up. All right, guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Shaman Podcast. We have a very special guest tonight. We have Jesse from Stillet. Um, if you have been around my channel for a minute, you know all about Jesse by now. Um, sorry, I'm trying to turn the damn microphone off. Um, and uh, yeah, let me just introduce him and uh, we'll get stuck into it. All right, here's Jesse. Hey, Randall, how the heck are you, man? Always good to I, talk to you. I am amazing. I am amazing. It's hot as hell in here, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all good. It's 104 outside. So yeah, Fahr- Fahrenheit that is not, not Celsius, 104 Celsius. We'd all be dead. So <laughs> I'm done. going to do the, uh, uh, if to see real quick. Oh, that's okay. 40. Yeah. That's, 40. that's, that's pretty warm, dude. Yeah. And I imagine that's some pretty intense dry heat there too. Well, actually it's really humid. So oh really? Yeah, okay. it's really we we had a bunch of rain here, so it's really humid and like so the grass grew real tall and then it died. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Um 
So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, then we'll do the whole where everybody can find you at the end, but tell a little bit about yourself and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I am now a full-time YouTuber, which is um, all of the things, to be honest. it's I feel super freaking lucky, blessed, um, honored. Any other descriptor you want to throw at it, I feel it. Uh, it is the best job I've ever had. I absolutely love it. I got the best boss in the world because it's this guy. And I no, get to I make saw, the decisions. I saw, I saw her walking around. You're not the boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> um, but the problem, like, th there's kind of a flip side to that as well, right? Like, I'm also the worst boss in the world, often to myself. Um, you know, uh, a week or so ago, I was editing till 5.30 in the morning from 8.30, 9 o'clock at night straight. Uh, but then today I got to go and you know, take the morning off and go down and watch the uh, the kids had uh, their speech and poetry competition at school, and we just got to go and chill and watch that. So it's a it, it, it's not a traditional job at all. It's a very different lifestyle, I guess, if you want to throw that name on it. Um, but it's great, man. It's awesome, and it gives us opportunities to do all sorts of other things. Erin, my wife's got her own sort of stuff on the side. Uh, she's got a uh, She's published a, a children's book and has a um, it's the NZ Family Shop. So she runs kind of like a retail store for kids as well. And it, ju it just means that we can kind of pull resources and platforms. And it, it, it's a weird sort of snowball that just slowly builds in terms of different opportunities. And um, the, the thing I love about it is I learned quite a long time ago that, well, probably about four or five years ago, that I don't really have hobbies. Like all the things that I do that I enjoy I love them. Don't get me wrong. Like I fly FPV. That's fun. I've just started playing disc golf. That's fun. Distilling's fun. But at the end of the day, it's not really those things. It's the problem solving that I enjoy. It, it, right. It's that, that weird mix of feeling accomplished that you've done something combined with the angst that you don't know what you don't know. And there's the better version of you that's just over the horizon, you know, and there's yep. hurdles, there's problems, there's issues to get through in between. Uh, and, and doing what we do, because we do it all ourselves for the most part, um, it, it constantly throws up new problems to solve, to learn about. Um, yeah, that, that's what keeps it fresh for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you wanted to talk more about the specifics, uh, I mean, dude, like the, the, the whole, what do you do is the question I dread most around the dinner table. Yeah, because you can talk for hours in any one direction and chances are no one sitting at the table will have any idea what you're talking about when it right. comes to YouTube. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that's 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 the that's the thing. And you you have the same, not the same type, but I am self-employed as well in my day job. So it I do get some of that freedom. At, like you say, like yesterday, I went to uh, do a podcast in Austin with the Last American Podcast. Oh, I'm giving away spoilers for another podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, a that's a future episode I'm talking about already. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I got I got the ability to do that. Then I went and hung out with Moose at Andalusia, you know, stuff like that. So like getting the ability to do those things and still be able to do your job, that's a pretty amazing thing. And, and if you can be your own boss, it's the worst and the best. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's worth it in the end for sure. Totally. It just means you get to decide what's important, right? It's not, right. oh no, I can't 
go to that speech competition today because my boss will be pissy at me. It's, you know what? Sorry, kids, I'm going to have to miss this one because in my mind, it's actually worth sacrificing me showing up today, you know, so whatever, so I can show up to the next three or so we can pay the mortgage or, you know, whatever the issue is, it just means it's up to you. Um, You still have the same issues. It's still all the same problems. It's just what's important to you. Um, and you get to make a decision on it. Yeah. The flip side of that is, you know, school holidays are school holidays and public holidays and all that stuff suddenly mean nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the things I wanted to start to tell people that come on the podcast is what is the whiskey that you're into right now? Uh, not, not your favorite, not the one that you go to all the time, but the one you're really really on right now do you do you have one of those i'll be honest with you mate i've i've i wouldn't say i've gone off whiskey at all Mm -hmm. um it's still like single malt still my first love when it comes to spirits um bourbon's always been a little bit of an interesting thing for me I, i i do quite enjoy bourbon it's just really hard for us to justify buying it here in new zealand right um because we we get scotch for pretty close to the same price as america uh, and scotland just with the the um, currency exchange right but bourbon is hellishly expensive here really you know we'll be paying probably 60 bucks for um i don't know any of the standard like maker's mark or gentleman jack or 60 70 bucks for that you know okay Uh, so it's hard to justify walking in and going oh there's you know lefroy 10 for 55 bucks or i could get maker's mark for more yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. uh, or yeah. you know i'll splash out and, and you know get a i don't know whatever like get a nice bottle of uh, age statement port charlotte yeah. um yeah. for a little bit more uh yeah so i do struggle a little bit with bourbon um but i gotta say lately i've been absinthe has been an alluring mistress yeah i, I know exactly um, what you mean there's there's just something about that there's something about the fact that there's not really commercial examples that you can go out and buy uh there's something about um i i I don't know dude the the kind of alchemy um law history of it that's enticing um that that's fun for me but more more so it's that it's a whole new set of ingredients and botanicals to play with and flavor mixes that i just don't really understand personally right um so that's been tempting me a lot uh and then things also that are uh i tried a really interesting i can't remember the name of it uh smoky gin out of japan a little while ago and that really blew me away uh i I was at a bar and the the bar tender came over who happened to be the the head mixologist at the place as well shout out to brew union and palmy it's like yo jesse you need to come try this i know you like whiskey uh, this is the ultimate gin for whiskey drinkers. And I said, sure, sir, if you want to pour me a drink. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Hit me. And it was, dude, it was it was very much. It was like, I wouldn't say it was quite Ardbeg Lefroig levels of smoke, but it wasn't right. far off. Wow. And it was still the gin. Um, so that really hit me as well. Uh, so all of that to say, I've completely dodged your question. It's fine. It's fine. No, no. And, and it's, and it's one of those things like, okay, I'll give you an example for, for me. Ah, for me, it's the, the Saints Alley 
uh, which oh, is which one I, you which go? is this is the the Herald, but it's finished in Armagnac and Pinot de. I don't know how to say the last word. It's a French word. Uh, it's wine cask finished, and oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Um, and I found this somewhere uh, because even though I'm in Texas, it's really hard for me to find iron root. And so yeah, yeah, right. it's like, it's distillery only, or they have one bottle and everybody buys it, you know? So, um, but yeah, so I get the Saints Alley and it's a close, close second. It's not as good, but you know, I, I've been jamming on that, but I was, I was talking to my wife earlier about, you know, asking you this question. And I was like, but I have like 20 bottles open and I go through each one of them. I don't have one that I'm like, really, you know, I'm going to have three pours of that. It's like, I just kind of go yeah. all over the place. So yeah, it's it was kind of hard, a hard question for me to ask, ask myself as well. So yeah, anyway, but so <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've got that bottle actually, dude, the St. Sally. And really? when you said, should we share, try and find, look, behind the curtains, guys, Randall yeah. texted me before this and was like, should we find a bottle that we've both got? And I almost, I almost said that. Because uh, I've been really enjoying it as well. The yeah. Armagnac ideas. Um, yeah. Oh, I, well, I, it's I, similar yeah. to the absinthe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, oh no, he probably like that seems a little bit more obscure. It's probably not something you'd have. I was like, oh, he'll have the harbinger though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want yeah, you want to get you want to get into the harbinger? We can do that right now. Yeah, sure, man. Let's just pour pour a dram. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know, dude. Like I've just gone through a little bit of a phase of um, I just haven't been buying a whole lot of whiskey lately. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I've um, been, I, I, on the other hand, have been buying all the whiskey. So, <laughs> Lord, my my bottle count has gone up so much in the past eight <laughs> months. I'm like, oh my god, I need to stop. I really need to stop. It's I, I'm very much the same though. Even when I, you know, it wasn't so long ago. We probably had, I don't, I don't know, maybe a, a bar of twenty open bottles. And right. we've slowly drunk through that. We've, we've been trying to put a lot more money back into building projects in the future so that right. the, the whiskey right. budgets hurt a little bit for that. Yeah. But I've, I've always kind of found myself drifting towards the side of, in a lot of ways, I'd rather drink something that, it sounds so weird, but I would rather drink something that's different or strange or something that I think I can learn from than something that's yum a lot of the time yeah. like a lot of the interest for me in whiskey is is yeah it's yum like yeah. sure yum yeah. fact is awesome and then the social fact is great as well you know being able to right. talk to people about something and and like how cool is this right dude we're on the opposite side of the world and we're no sitting shit. here with a, two glasses that are not they're probably not let's face it not identical but they're pretty damn close pretty damn and the close. fact that we can share yeah. this together and geek on it is awesome yeah, yeah. um but the idea of saying, you know what, I've never tried that before. Or you know what? I've heard one person say that's terrible and one person say that's amazing. Like, I may not like it, but give me that bottle. You know, I, I tend to drink like that a lot yeah. more yeah. than just reaching for something that's yum. So and, I get it. And and okay, so for the listeners at home, uh, if you don't know Jesse, he has a, a YouTube channel that he had in New Zealand, it is legal to distill. And he has a home, a yeah, he has a home distillation catalog going going back like six years. You can go from the very beginning when he was the baby beard and all that. You can go way back there and get started. <laughs> um, and then he's kind of gone through this progression of making all these really cool projects and doing stuff like that. And we got together, oh, Lord, a, a long time ago. 
Um, mm -hmm. I probably through the whiskey vault or something like that. I started and see the bad thing for me, and I've been really trying to change this in my social media thing. I hate social media. I hate YouTube. I hate all of that. <laughs> and so it's really hard for me to like respond to somebody or comment on a video or something like that. So I've been really diligent in the last year about responding and, and getting back with people. So that that's a real thing. Um, so I was looking back at older videos of yours back at the first like 10 videos and it wasn't, there was no post. And I was like, I know I've seen all these videos. So it's not like, it's not like I wasn't back there, but, and so I've been following Jesse for a long time and we've developed a friendship through the years. We got to meet each other uh, in Austin a couple of times. And so I totally understand where he's coming from. He likes to try the different things because in his, when in his now job, he's able to make spirits and make funky gins and make uh uh, you know, all these crazy things, um, oh, distilled mouthwash. and <laughs> Anyway, you know, stuff like that. It may but, not have been one of my brightest ideas. Yeah, well, you know, so, sometimes <laughs> it gets, nudge. yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's, you know, you got to try it. You got to try it. But um, I tried but, it so you don't have to. Exactly. In fact, I think that may have been the title of the video. It was foul, dude. Yeah. Foul. So, so anyway, so what what got you in like what got you into distilling basically i guess is the question to ask it's it was a weird route dude it was multiple things i was i was home brewing um and i wouldn't say i was amazing at it uh but i did have the help of um well it's funny actually i've, I've pretty much fallen out of contact with him now but he's one of those guys that whenever whenever i get a chance to catch up with him he's just such an awesome dude that that i uh you know, it feels like we're back to square one. Uh, and that's Matt from um, Brave Brewing Company in uh, Hastings. And when he found out I was home brewing, he basically said, no friend of mine's going to brew shit beer. And he uh, jumped in the car and came down and stayed for the weekend and gave me a crash course uh, in our crappy little student flat. And that, that really, I, I guess that was like one of the really big seeds of like, <laughs> oh crap, this is, it's not just beer. You know, it's, it's so much more and that sort of sparked a love of both enjoying good craft beer and the the, the whole side of well, well i guess it was the, the the origins what i was just talking about right like drinking things that are different and then enjoying the conceptual side not in like a weird wanky way but just it, it doesn't just have to be about yum it can be about the fun factor of trying to figure out how they did what how they did it why they did it why is this different to that so that was a big part of it. Uh, and then another big part was uh, I always liked the idea. Uh, I, I've, I've worked in a buttload of kitchens. I love cooking. I love messing with flavors and the concept of food. And because of that, I always loved the idea of cocktails. And I, I, I really loved the idea of being able to um, very quickly. It, it's kind of the same experience as cooking for someone, but you can do it for someone like, I was going to say 15 times in a night, that might be a little bit excessive, but <laughs> you get the idea, right? It's like yeah, a much, yeah. it's like cooking, but on a faster, um, faster sort of turnaround in an evening, Like try this. I never had the money to just have a bar full of spirits though. And, you know, anytime you look up a cocktail thing, it's like the first thing you need to do is go out and buy these six bottles. I was like, yeah. well, I'll, 
you know, there's just no way into that for me. So in the back of the mind, I kind of had this idea of, well, I'm already making beer. Maybe I can make spirits to get into cocktails. Uh, and then I was working at a job that was really cool. Uh, and then they sold the company and it turned to shit pretty much overnight. Um, and I was working as a commercial photographer and editor uh, and then doing commercial photography on the side. Um, and it just turned to crap. There was no ladder to climb. There was nowhere to go. A lot of the more creative stuff got taken away from us. Uh, so I needed some form of outlet. And the, that was about the time where I realized that I didn't really enjoy hobbies. I liked learning. And anytime I'd ever learned anything, it was from YouTube. Like all of the hobbies I did, all of the stuff I'd learned was either YouTube or podcasts. So I got this crazy idea in my head. Um, fuck it. Like if I'm going to start another hobby, instead of whatever, like I'd go on random bends of like, I'm going to learn how to do fire stuff twirling or whatever you call it. Right. I'd get kind right. of good at it and then get bored at it and realize I just waste a year of my life for no outcome. You know, like it was fun, yeah. but if I'm going to do that again, let's do something that I can geek out on and enjoy. And if I keep doing it, maybe we get some money from it instead of just now I can spin a fire stick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, did you um, really do so that? To... Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> it's good fun, man. It's like, yeah. Funny. And there was like hacky sack and yo-yo and all, all sorts of like random stuff. I just randomly get into, you know, and then do it for a year and get over it. Okay. Um, yeah. There you go. Randall's like, Oh, now I'm judging this guy. <laughs> no, come on. Never, <laughs> never, never. Um, yeah, so I decided I wanted to, I, I was like, screw it. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And the idea of the, the like all of the behind the scenes stuff, like the algorithm, the, the like uh, learning new skills in terms of videography, like brushing up on oratory skills, like all of that stuff, storytelling was exciting for me, but I didn't know what I was going to make the YouTube channel in. And I kind of made, I think it was pretty much like three business models. Like I wrote out business plans for kind of three different styles of YouTube channels. Right. Um, and one of them, was homebrewing one was distilling no actually sorry one was homebrewing and then when i started checking it out i was like this is pretty it's kind of overserved and undervalued in a lot of ways like there's a lot of people doing homebrew channels and none of them are really taking off as much as they should be um and then i thought well i always wanted to distill spirits maybe i make the jump over to spirits and then i started looking into that and that was the point in time where i realized oh this is legal in new zealand and it's illegal everywhere else. And from there, it was kind of a no-brainer. Like, I've got this giant leg up on pretty much everyone, you know, in, in terms of New Zealand versus the world. Um, I've got this giant advantage. I can do this and not worry about someone with three letters on their back kicking my door in, you know, mid-video or mid-editing session. Yeah. Uh, and there was, I think I think at the time, there was, there was barley and hops, and there was another channel. There was another channel, maybe out of Poland or something, that had made a few videos, and one out of Russia. And all three were doing okay. One of them was actually doing really well, and they stopped publishing videos for ages. Um, so it was kind of the like confirmation to me, like there's almost no one doing this, and the ones that are doing it are getting more view. Like they're getting, how do you put it? The the quality of videos they were making was lower than homebrewing, but the views right. they were getting were higher. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so and, and, and that was it, dude. I was like, oh, screw it. So I started the channel, jumped in, and I started making videos before I'd even built the still, let alone distilled yeah. a drop of alcohol. 
and 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 that's what that's what's really cool is like seeing the process of of you know of course when you're getting into a new hobby you do all of these all this background and stuff like that and you you know do all this research and you go on all the reddits and the forums and stuff like that yeah. but but then when once you start actually doing it there is a huge learning curve no matter what so you have to start somewhere and yeah. then just fail and fail and fail and get back up and fail and do it again. And totally. so, so, but you were smart and you recorded all that and you made it, <laughs> you made it like, Hey, don't be a dummy. Like I am. You said that not, not my words, your words. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. don't, don't be a dummy like me. Don't do this, you know, do this. And so, and of course, anybody who, who followed you, they were like, no, um i'm gonna i'm gonna end up doing that same thing and i'm gonna fail and screw up as well but you know <laughs> that's beside the point but yeah it's it just seeing the progress to what you have i don't want to say built the dynasty or whatever that you have built now um is a pretty it's a pretty daunting feat when you look at it now back then you were doing it as like a little hobby and now this is a job you know that's that's yeah, pretty amazing totally. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the way I, it, it's hard, man, but there's a lot of different ways to look at it and there's different ways to get into the distilling and there's different ways to get into YouTube. Um, we'll probably get the YouTube stuff out of the way first day. Eh? Cause this isn't really a, a podcast about YouTube, but a, a lot of people will say you need to just do it cause you love it. And I agree in that don't, don't make a YouTube channel on something. Don't make a podcast something on, on something that you don't care about because you'll wake up one day and suddenly it is work and it's a freaking grind, you know? And, and don't get me wrong, I still love it. It's absolutely awesome. But when you're up at four o'clock in the morning and you've still got three hours worth of work to do to hit that deadline to get the video out, if it's on a topic you just don't care about, like, what are you doing, man? You know, like, go get a, go to, go get a salary job and I don't know, figure out stock trading or something. (laughs) So there's that. But then the flip side of it is if you're going to do it, it's it's cool to have a hobby and do it for fun. But if you're expecting to to make it a job, it needs to be a job from day one. Um, So my thing was I started the channel. This is now another career, but I have the expectations of a hobby. So you can't expect to get paid because it's like, well, you know, it, dude, like working for yourself, Effort and hard work in doesn't mean money out. It doesn't yeah. mean growth out. It doesn't like it, it's now completely irrelevant. The only thing that matters is results and how hard you work or how much time you put into it doesn't matter at all. Um, yeah. So, so I set myself a goal from day one. I had to make 52 videos, one video every week for a year. If I got zero subscribers and zero views, I had to make 52 videos. Um, and then I had kind of like tiered goals of if you do this good, uh, or, or if you fail the first goal, quit because you obviously suck at YouTube. If you get the second goal, um, you're at, at the end of the year. You're allowed to continue if you want to. And if you pass the third goal, then buckle up, bucko, because you're going for another 52 videos and you don't have a choice. Um, and that was kind of the way I thought about it. And that, for me, the way I think, that that made me have to treat it like a job. Like you can't miss deadlines. You have to do what you need to do you have to put the work in and every video has to be like one percent better than the last video and they're gonna suck right like dude go like anyone that's listening to this now um go back and watch my first five videos they're cringy as hell 
Um, and there's, there's nothing that I could want more for myself that in another five years, I'll look at the videos that I'm making today and yeah. say, oh man, they suck. Um, but yeah, if you don't have that mentality of it's a job, it's never going to be a job in my, like, obviously there's exceptions to that rule. Right. Um, you know, someone will just make something and blow up. Um, and, and it's, I don't know, dude, it's kind of that thing of, uh, you do need to be lucky to make it. Like I got really lucky a couple of times, but the only way you get lucky, it's like, it, it was an overnight success after four years of hard work, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of all of those tropes that you could throw at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to go back to the distilling side, um, dude, I, I've never encountered a hobby that has such an intense learning curve at the beginning. There's, there's just no, you know, most hobbies, there's a really easy entry point. You get into it and you're like, oh, this is fun. It's, it's interesting. It's, I can do this. And then you go along for about six months feeling good for yourself or a month or whatever. And then suddenly realize that there's a big hill to climb to, to get to the next level. Distilling is just damn near vertical from day one, you know? It's like, where do you go? Right. Um, yeah. It, it's a tricky one, dude. Yeah, it's a real tricky it one. It is. Huh. Okay. Well, where do we go from here? Huh? So, <laughs> sorry, you have derailed you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. So, I've I've heard you say in a number of videos that if you could just make one spirit, it would be whiskey. And being that this is based upon whiskey, I uh, you you said earlier that single malt was was your favorite. Would there be a specific mm. a specific whiskey that you would make? Like, let's say you were able to open a distillery, and you were that was your job now, and not the YouTube kind of fizzled off. Uh, what would you mm. be making? So, if I could forget all of the the marketing, market research, what's going to sell, what's not going to sell, who I'm competing with, price point. If I could forget all of that and just make for me, it would be two things. It would be big PD Isla style single malts. Um, that's my go-to. That's I, I, so many people I hear that they're like, oh yeah, I tried, I tried that stuff and it just tasted like, you know, like a, a, a burning mermaid and I, I don't know. And then suddenly yeah. two, two years later, they're like, oh, actually it is delicious. Yeah. yeah. I, I put my nose into a glass of Laphroaig 10 for the first time and said, oh, this is my, is now my drink, you know? And it's just, I've, I've enjoyed it more and more and more since then. And then right. gave about a year and a half later, I gave a glass to my wife and she did the same thing. So we're just all in on the peat now. Wow. Love it. Absolutely wow. love it. Um, so big peat bombs. Uh, and then to flip to the other side, um, cask finish stuff specifically port I, I, is something about a port finished whiskey i just freaking love it yep. um so those would be the two things and and obviously you know like port finished smoky whiskeys for sure uh, but i also enjoy just like a big sticky decadent um something that doesn't have to be how do you put it it's just a little bit more understated but luxurious at the same time right. that it, time right. than a than a, than a peated malt. Um, 
but for my sanity, I then have to do weird ass things on the side. Like they would be the main things. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, we just made an absinthe or, oh, by the way, we just made a gin and put seawater sea in it. Or I'd have to, you know, just for, yeah. for sanity's sake. But those are, those are my two loves, dude. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I was talking to Alan Bishop, you know, and if if y'all don't know who he is, um, he's he's the man. He has distillers talk. Uh, if you have ghosts, you have everything. He's in a whole bunch of different things. Spirits of French Lick. Anyway, but he was telling me that like he loves, he makes bourbon. If Spirits of French Lick, they make bourbon. They make high rye bourbons. They make all this stuff. But his is more the funky, like you're saying, the absence, the, the barrel-aged gins, the... Uh, he just made a pachuga, you know, like he's making all this, this crazy <laughs> stuff. And um, he's like, he's like, that's what I want to do. I like to tinker. I don't really care so much about, yes, the bourbon is great. Don't get me wrong. The bourbon is great, mm-hmm. but it it's almost like once you get into the craft, that's the job. And then everything else is just, it's just the fun totally. little side projects. And so that totally. kind of, that kind of leads me into the next question um you you came into this you know wanting to make a single malt and doing all that and we you can look at the back catalog and see that you made the bastard whiskey and all of those things and then you start you came up with one that was the meme spirits so tell us a little <laughs> bit of, tell us a yeah. little bit about the meme spirits uh, so i don't know if i've ever actually told anyone this randall but the the oh. original idea for this meme is spirits an exclusive was exclusive <laughs> The, the original idea for meme spirits was, I can't remember exactly why, but at, at some point in time, I'd have to go back and check. It might've been when I first lost my job, uh, when COVID first, first hit, or it could have been the first time I decided I wanted to put extra videos out um, for the Christmas season to kind of capitalize on ad, ad spend going up and everything. Um but I decided I needed to do, I think I was trying to do three videos a week, which was a dumb idea in hindsight. Yeah. But I learned a lot from it. Um, so I needed, excuse me, uh, I needed more content per week and making full length distilling videos is a giant pain in the ass because it can take eight weeks to make one video, right? right? Which means I need to be making three videos a week eight weeks before when i need the videos which is kind of hard to plan for because now i'm now i'm like doing that in school holidays the term before it it just didn't work out Uh, the flip side was that i can do i can bang out like just a talky hey we're going to talk about like tasting the spirit that i've got on the shelf or like let's talk about a concept i can bang those out pretty damn quickly and i've gotten better and better at that over time but the problem is if you have too many of those on the channel it just gets boring right like people don't want to just watch me talk all the time it's it's okay every now and again it's throwing a bone to the regulars the people that are actually hands-on with this stuff they want to know about it but it doesn't grow the channel it like barely sustains the channel you know um so i needed something that was hands-on that was quick i was like well i've got all the spirit sitting around because i don't i don't like drink a lot I, I basically just sample these days. Like I just yeah. try stuff and there's, so there's just spirit everywhere. And some of it's like, I just bottled um, the New Zealand peated whiskey. Awesome. Right. Really proud of that. There's a bunch of other stuff out there that uh, at this moment, it's just an experiment, right? I'm just going to let it go, see what happens to it. And then I'm probably going to stick it back into the faints container and turn it into neutral. 
it's like, well, screw it. Let's just throw something weird in the still, use that stuff. I don't have to do a ferment. I don't have to do stripping runs. I just do one distillation and I can bang a video out in a day instead of eight weeks. And it's yeah. going to be maybe five or six hours worth of editing instead of 25 hours worth of editing. Um, so that was, that was a plan. I was like, screw it. I'll just do a couple of these like as a gimmick, do something that's a little bit more clickbaity in terms of like everyone knows what Skittles are, right? Like Skittles, distilling, like people will click on that. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's where it came from. Um, but it's turned into this really interesting thing of, for those of you that enjoy whiskey, but, but have never actually stood in front of a still as it's running, one of the weirdest things is the way that flavors fraction out into different parts of the run. And even weirder is that some flavors just get put, like they get magnified and dialed up when you distill. Whereas other flavors, they just disappear. They vanish. They never make it through the, the, the distillation process. Um, so now suddenly I've got this tool to like throw bizarre flavors into a pot and see what comes out the other side. Chocolate biscuits, what happens? Like Vegemite, what happens? Skittles, Easter eggs, all these crazy things. And it's slowly building up this library of oh, if there's chocolate, it's going to come out nearer the end of the run. That one's kind of like most people that have distilled it probably would, would have probably picked that, you know, but then there's other things like, um, oh, like the marshmallow and the Easter eggs. I thought that was going to, I thought that was going to make the whiskey like soft and silky and have this big vanilla-y flavor. It did almost nothing. It just vanished. Um, but now I've, now I've got that in my brain, you know, like, so now when I'm actually, distilling something that i care about it, it, it's just more data points in my head to to be better at distilling in general you right. know right um yeah i i don't know man it's 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 just fun it's fun yeah. and and it's just it, like there's this i mean I, i'm totally preaching to the converted here and probably anyone that's listening but there is definitely like a wankery side of distilled spirits and it's kind of fun just to obliterate that be like if 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 this is too goofy for you and too ridiculous then maybe this isn't the channel for you guys like we'll get we'll go into the go into the geekery side as hard as you want to in other videos but every now and again let's just have some fun you know yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and, <laughs> and, and it's, it's good fun yeah and that and that's one of the things like when like kind of like when i started this podcast i said I'm not going to take it serious. We're going to have fun with it. I'm going to be stupid. I'm going to let everything just roll, <laughs> you know, like, like on the last podcast, I'm trying to, you know, like you were talking earlier, you're trying to get 1% better each time you do it. So at the end, I had my little iPad and I was going to turn some music on at the end of the podcast and, you know, like kind of have some outro music for me. Well, the damn music was so loud and I didn't know it, it was like, <laughs> And I was like, oh, God. And so instead of editing it out, I left it in there because I'm like, okay, it probably killed people, blew their eardrums, whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, that's the type of shit. I'm not trying to be polished Joe Rogan here. I'm trying to, you know, mm -hmm. we're trying to get this, this convey a message to somebody. And it's, it, I, I've been watching old uh, Whiskey Tribe videos back back in the day back when they were whiskey biscuits i've been watching old videos about that and they were talking about how it's just non-pretentious you know banter and that's that's kind of what i want this to be about you know it's not we're not yeah, trying totally. to be 
you know, this is not a 101 class. This is not anything like I on most of the stuff that I do. I talk about my day, my week, my month for 15 minutes before I even get into the, the damn thing. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. But I think the whole meme spirits thing, like for the hardcore guys, they're like, OK, he distilled a birthday cake. That's cool. You know, for me, <laughs> for me, it was awesome because I know your kids made it and it was a it was a it was a sweet thing that that you did. But like for the hardcore guys, they're like, okay, let's get to making something cool. But for everybody else, <laughs> like like even my wife, you know, who doesn't could care less. Uh, she loves you, but she could care less, you know. Um but, yeah, no, I feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, she's like, did they distill? uh Cadbury uh, Cadbury eggs yeah yeah they did you know like like it's <laughs> it's so that and so that that leads me to this other one um in looking through the back catalog doing a little bit of research I try not to do research for podcasts because it's just I like to shoot <laughs> from the hip but I've noticed that like the you don't have a whole lot of trolls that go on there but there is some and there was one, and I don't know if he was so much a troll or if he was just saying he was just bashing. But on the last video, when you bottled the New Zealand Pete, um, and he was talking about how Texas whiskey um, isn't good, you know? So it's like, he and because you had this bottle and you were like, I'm going to add a little bit to the mix and see what it tastes like. And so he like he was like lining up Texas whiskey and stuff like that. And of course, me being a Texas boy, I was like, no, we're not gonna have that. So I I mean, of course, <laughs> I, I had to say something to him in a very respectful way, of course. It's your it's your it's your show. I don't wanna I don't wanna bust anybody's balls, but at the same time, <laughs> I wanted to let him know that Texas whiskey isn't all just, you know, over tannic BS, you know what I mean? It's not two thousand eight garrison brothers that's it's not that um so that's yeah. hilarious dude when when i read that comment that was the first thing that po- i was like oh he's talking about garrison brothers yeah exactly <laughs> exactly now now the 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 listeners will know that i have a an affinity for garrison it's a it's a hate hate relationship and um i got i got a given a, a bottle of the cowboy bourbon which is like their cast strength eight-year-old freaking Oh gosh, it is so harsh. But like, I finally started to realize that there's something there. And so I'm trying to give them a little bit of grace. And I have an old bottle sitting back here that uh, somebody gave me and it was half open. And it was one of the first ones from their distillery. And I tried it against some of the stuff that I have night and day difference. So it's like, it just goes to show how, how the distilleries change over time. But yeah, I thought, I, I was just wondering how do you deal with the with the trolls and the and the negative comments and stuff like that. It's it's funny, man. Like my my strategy's changed over time. Um and the, the thing that I realized really early on, it's kind of the same as Twitter or text messages in that like 60 odd characters without facial expressions and without context is the worst way to communicate. Um, So I read that comment too. And when I saw it, I'd already seen that you'd replied and I kind of replied back, not snarkily, but just kind of like, like saying my piece. 
And then he wrote back again and he was like, he wasn't trolling. He yeah. wasn't having a yeah, go. He exactly. was just stating his piece yeah. and he's, he's like super respectful, you know? Yeah. And that's happened to me over and over and over again. So it's, it, it, there's always this thing in my mind of like, um, how do you put it? it? There's also the thing where people feel like they know you, but you don't know them. So they show up and they'll say something where like, so if you look through the whiskey tribes comment section and took any one of those comments on average out of their video and put it into whatever, like Mark Rober's video, you would think, Oh, this guy's literally an asshole just trolling people. Yes. But from, from their point of view, they, they know that that's the community and that's how it works. Right. So quite often you'll get people that are like, Oh, we're all friends here and I'm just going to bust balls and be funny. Um, but they forget that there's no context and they don't slap a, a slash S on the end or like a, a winky face. Um, so there's a lot of that, you know, yeah. uh, there's yeah. also from the beginning, I knew, and my, my mind's changed on this a lot now, but it's because I did the groundwork early. I knew when I started, there was a very large potential uh, for the outside world, especially to perceive what I was doing in the way that um, a lot of people just think about distilling. It was going to look like overalls and banjos, basically. That, that, you know, that's where, that's where I was going to go next. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot early on to, to actively piss people off that I was worried were going to um, push the community in a, in a way we didn't like. So I wanted youthful optimism. I wanted curiosity. I wanted problem solving. I wanted chasing the craft, not let's get drunk for cheap. This is the way grandpappy did it. If you don't have a coon picker, you're doing it wrong all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it wasn't about the stuff. It was about the way people were saying it, the way people interacted, the way people presented themselves. So I, I actively put out videos that I knew were going to piss people off just to get them off the channel and help, yeah. help build the community that we actively wanted early on. And I think, I think that was right for them because it was an emerging community coming out of other existing communities. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we've done that now means that now I've got the base to be like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm happy to do all this other stuff. Uh, like apple pie was another one. I was like, I'm never making an apple pie because the people that are into that and, and, and I'm grossly generalizing, like over general, generalizing now. Um, I didn't want to make apple pie because I didn't want to be associated with the scumbags that love apple pie, even though there's a whole lot of awesome people that love apple pie which yep. is now me and yourself and yep. Alan Bishop. Do you know what I mean? But I, I yep. needed to defend the base and create the community, community we wanted to. And I don't know, man, like it's so lucky if you, if you're on YouTube and looking through other YouTube things, the comment section can be an absolute cesspool. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, still it isn't. Um, I went through a phase two of, not actively taking the mickey out of, but kind of killing with kindness. So when I saw trolls, I'd like jump in and keep replying to them. And, and in my mind, you just can't beat me. They'd be like, ah, this is wrong and this is wrong. And I'd talk to them for about 10 comments and then just be like, thanks for all the support. And they're like, we don't support you. We hate you. We think you're an idiot. 
I'm like, yeah, dude, but you just gave me like 15 data points for YouTube to say that this is a great video because you've now left 15 yeah. comments on my channel. They're like, oh, no, you suck. I'm like, dude, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and it's basically like, yeah, you, you can either shut the fuck up because that's the only way you can beat me. Like shut up and never come and see another video of mine. Or you can keep coming here and like looking at videos and, oh, I gave him a thumbs down. Thanks, dude. That's actually a positive. That helps me too. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's a lot of that. Uh, and unfortunately now it's just got to the point where I just can't, I just can't even really look at comments anymore. There's just too many of them. Like up until probably two and a half, three years ago, I prided myself on reading every single comment and at least giving a thumbs up and a heart or a, a thumbs up and a comment or whatever to everyone. I just can't anymore. Yeah. Um, so now it's kind of a case of I'll, I'll always skim through the comments um, and get a vibe of what's going on. Cause it, it, it's hard too, dude. Like you put, if you put, so the video I'm about to put up tomorrow, there's probably a solid 65, 70 hours worth of work that have gone into it. Holy shit. Plus, all the little extra, you know, just going out to the shed and checking on the fermentation time as well. It's, it's almost an hour long. So when you make something like that and put it up and then like the first comments, a negative, a negative reaction to it. Like it, it's hard not to knee jerk to that. Um, so now it's more a case of I need to, I, I always skim through the comments. I always read through them. And anytime I get a comment that really sticks in my head and I get angry at I know that it's probably because deep down I know they're right <laughs> and I did half-ass something or the editing was bad or yeah dude you're right the audio was kind of shit in that video or yeah dude you're right I didn't explain that properly um whatever so so now for me it's more a case of I need to stay in touch with what people want I need to stay in touch of how people are interacting with and perceiving what I say and it's not that I need to give the people what they want because it's a dumb way to like kill a channel in my, in my mind a lot. Um, but I need to keep learning. I need to keep evolving. Right. And yeah, so it's, it's a fine line. It's hard, man. Like, and I'm sure you've experienced it too. You'll get yeah. 15 positive comments and you're like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And then one guy says you suck. You're like, Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, and for the next week, all you think about is that one comment. And it's like, dude, like, there's 15 people that loved it but that's just not the way our brains are wired so yeah, no. yeah it, it, it's just a necessary evil of the, the yeah. job we're in you know yeah yeah and and the bad the bad thing is like in the like i'm just getting into all this you know this uh, mm -hmm. data point and i've had really positive feedback from everybody and that's great i'm wait i'm actually waiting for the trolls because that means you're doing something right when you have people that hate what you're <laughs> yeah. doing you're doing something right um yeah. the issue is getting past that continuing doing what you're doing doing the best thing that you can you know and trying to get a good product out there to the people and i you know and we can just hope and pray that that's what we're doing and you look at the positive comments and then you say okay they say I need to, you know, because a lot of them are critiques as well. So they're like, hey, you know, your totally. audio was yeah. your audio was a little loud, uh, but I love the com, you know, the content or whatever. So like, yes, I'll tweak stuff like that. But like a lot of, you know, I'm I'm actively waiting for the ones that start just saying, oh, this is trash, you know, blah blah blah, because 
my my daughter has a YouTube page and um yeah that was anyway long story short uh she <laughs> and she she blew up and she had like a lot of followers and i said i told her baby do you realize that maybe all those followers aren't real you know maybe they're just bots and they're 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 troll bots and they just go in there because like they were leaving some nasty comments and yeah, right. um and i'm like what in the world is going on and so we had to have you know a full sit down and be like this this isn't real you know half of these people are real and you can tell in like the views of the videos that she had and i'm sure you see it as well um there's you might have this many followers but yet only this many views on the thing and it's like if i have that many followers why are they not watching the video you know so it's kind of yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a strange thing but i wanted to go back to uh the whole moonshine hillbilly thing real fast um Mm -hmm. because there is a stigma for distilled products in general especially home distilled products to where it's just moonshine white dog nasty crap bathtub gin and they don't see the people that are like like your moniker is chase the craft they don't see people chasing the craft and actually trying to make good product out there and they're not trying not trying to sell it you're not trying to you know put it on a black market and bootleg it out (laughs) of your truck and shit like that you're not trying to do that you're just trying to become a better distiller to where if you wanted to go out and do this commercially you could and why do you think there's such a bad stigma on home distillation in pure in general I mean, there's so many different parts to it, dude. Like, there's so many. Uh, I think a lot of it now is it. It's kind of like the pirate thing, you know. It's it's weird. Like, you watch kids programs, and the pirates are all the good guys. Like, that ain't what they are. They're raping and pillaging. Like, that's what a pirate is. Um, yeah. But there's this weird. It, there's enough of a draw to the lifestyle that it's romanticized. And I think it's similar with home distilling. It goes hand in hand with the rebel outlaw, um, like moonshine runners kind of thing. And there's, there's something cool about that. You know, it's badass. There's something cool about it. There's something um, sexy about it, I guess. I don't know what it is. And, yeah. and, it, and it's almost like a self-perpetuating cycle. Once, once that is then a thing, then it turns into a thing in all of our pop culture. Right. And then, you know, dude, you talk to the random person from California or from New Zealand, what contact have they ever had with what they assume a home distiller is? It's only from movies and TV shows and books and all of that sort of stuff. So I think there's a big part of that. I also think, also think there's just a huge amount of misunderstanding, excuse me, and um, bad information out there. That's just, stuck around and been parroted on um and that's what gets attached to it i think there's also like you say a complete misunderstanding of why people do it right but you know like well why are you making spirits at home i guess that guy just gets drunk all the time um <laughs> we've had we've had people come here for play dates with their kids and they'll walk in the door and you'll see them like getting all sketched out because there's 15 20 bottles of spirits just randomly sitting around they're like oh these guys are alcoholics 
If I was an alcoholic, the bottle wouldn't be there. <laughs> the bottle's been sat there for six months. I'm just messy and not that organized. And, you know, that's what I do for work. Um, so I, I think all of those things combined. And, and there's this weird thing with spirits too. I, I'm sure you've come across this a bunch. Yeah. Someone will come over for dinner. You'll be like, oh, would you like, would you like a drink? Yeah, sure. What do you want? Oh, I've got. You can have a beer, you can have a wine, I've got a whiskey. Oh, no, 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 I'm driving. I won't have the whiskey, I'll have the beer. It's like, it's a standard drink one way or the other, yeah, mate. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not going to get up and like rip your throat out. Yeah. It's like, oh, but it's real strong. Yeah, but this is... This, 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 this. Yeah, I'm not going to pour you eight ounces. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's whiskey. It's whiskey, bro. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that ticks over too, like quite often when people try it they almost think the way to impress you and say that it's good is to go on about how strong it is. It's like, no, that no. like you've missed the point, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think all that rolled together. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird thing. Um, and the, and the, the sad part about it is that in that, you know, how I was saying I actively avoided a large part of the, part of the culture for a long time. I'm now actively trying to reach back out to that in interesting ways so when the, the the licorice brothers put me in touch with alan bishop first of all when you say to the licorice brothers hey is there anyone i should talk to and they go alan bishop he's the first yes. on the list you need to talk yes. to him you go yes sir okay put me in touch yeah. yeah um so like that's all there is to it but but they said if there's someone you want to talk to about absinthe this is the guy um jesse from two or three years ago would have seen some of the stuff that alan does and said oh no i can't touch that um but now it's like well he's kind of very much a part of that culture in a lot of ways and doing amazing things and and not what the stereotype says at all right um so i think yeah now now i find myself in a cool position to be able to find people like alan and then help bring him to a new audience and sort of show people that there's amazing people out there doing awesome stuff yes um so it's nice to be on the other side of it now and, and, and sort of be able to um give people a little taste of what they expect i'm picking on alan here because he's not at all but the, the the first thing i saw was alan's pictures of him doing the reenactment yes and i was like oh shit there's a distiller in overalls and like with a big straw hat on and looking yeah. all old timey. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. realize it was reenactment photos. Yeah. Uh, I never told Ellen that. We'll have to talk about this, Ellen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so now it's now it's cool to be able to reach back out and, and collaborate with people like that um, and sort of bust some of those myths in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. So, so I know you just did a... Uh a podcast with Alan talking about mm -hmm. absinthe and some old school absinthe and you had done one before. Um, what, what is the, what is the plans for the, for the absinthe? Cause I know with everybody, you know, I know this is a whiskey thing, but like everybody with the absinthe, they're like, Oh, it, it, it you know, it has stooge on, it makes you, it makes you, you know, see the yeah. green fairy and all that stuff. What, is is that a stigma that you and him both are trying to like get away from or how is i don't know how does that uh how does that work in that in that context yeah totally um so to give people a little bit of like backstory about what's happening there um the the plan 
with Alan is to do, haven't figured out the exact logistics yet, but we started way back at the beginning in terms of uh, the birthplace of absinthe on the timeline. We did a podcast about that and then I made a video to go with it to make, try, try and recreate that historic recipe uh, from the 1700s. Uh, and we've just recorded another podcast, which is moving forward in time to the sort of the 1850s, 1880s in that area. Uh, I've got that podcast recorded and I'll be making a, an absinthe video to go alongside it. Uh, and then we're going to sort of work our way through time up until current day, what's happening in, in mostly in America um, or around the world with absinthe and kind of new age absinthe. Um yeah, so, so the, the history of it was really interesting. And, and there's a lot of parallels with the absinthe as well as what we were just talking about in terms of why people um, have these ideas on home distilling. And the, the general idea is that um, absinthe made its way into France, started to get really hippie and trendy in kind of the cafe culture. So then the, the pomp and the ceremony uh, started to take over, which is where you started to get all of the, um, you know, slow loosing out of a fountain and dripping through the fancy spoon with sugar. And at this point, absinthe had kind of blown up into the mainstream uh, cafe culture of France. Um, and, uh, and in a large part, that was because of, I um, can't remember, what's the, um, the, the, the blight that hit grapes all through France that, Iron roots oh, named after because yes, yes. um, phylloxylil or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm a horrible yeah. historian, um, but it meant that France, France being France, suddenly didn't have wine. Like they just right. didn't have enough of it. And then when the new uh, grape stock came over from Texas and and started to build up the wine industry again, they suddenly had this problem of well, we're making wine, but everyone loves absinthe. So there was this giant smear campaign from the wine industry against absinthe. And that's where all of these, it makes you crazy. It turns you into a zombie. Um, it'll kill you. All, all of that stuff comes from that smear campaign. Uh, and it was pretty interesting listening to, to Alan talk about it with specific details of like specific stories they picked up. Don't need to go into that now. Uh, but a lot of that, what people say when they talk about absinthe is still going all the way back to that. Uh, and it's basically just unfounded. There's 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 nothing to it. Um, the alpha food zone will mess you up, but there's more in sage oil, for example, yeah. and you can buy sage oil down near anywhere. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, any absinthe that you can get now is not really absinthe because wormwood's illegal. That's not true. It's not. <laughs> um, it won't make you trip. There is some... There seems to be some evidence that it is uh, it it does kind of alter the way you think a little bit, and that a lot of people like Alan will say that if you get Mary on absinthe, you'll have a weird dichotomy of being as drunk as you would be as you're drinking whiskey or something like that, but you're more almost you're almost more lucid than you would be. So there's this strange, like weird thing of um, being more lucid, but also quite drunk, uh, which potentially is why a lot of the artists got into absinthe in a big way, which once again, romanticized it um, and sort of gave it its own life it, it, all the way through to now. Right. Um, right. So it's, I, I don't know, man, it's just all these things coming together and people like just really not understanding 
the product. I think the other thing is that it's often bottled at absurdly high ABVs um, compared to most other products. So people see what 75% on the label. They're like, oh shit, this is, you know, like the only reason this exists is to fuck me up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. But like, yeah. like loose it down to 15% and now it's wine, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. but people don't think, exactly. don't realize, you know. So, um, so I, yeah. I just, I just picked up a bottle and I know nothing about absinthe. I only know it from what Alan has said in the first, the first batch that, that you guys made. Um, and I bought a bottle of Leopold brothers absinthe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. No, I found it at the local liquor store. I'm like, who the hell? Even knows? I, ha I haven't even opened it yet because I don't have all the setup and stuff. I'm going to get it. But like, to me, that is just a whole nother realm of awesome. Like, deep diving into this whole spirit and trying to take it apart. So that might be a little spinoff that I do uh, diving into the absinthe. And I know there's a couple of other ones that Alan has recommended if you can, that you can find commercially. Um, yeah. But I mean, that to me intrigues me a lot. And the fact that he says for you and other distillers out there, if you can make a good absinthe, that's like your magnum opus uh, of being a distiller. If you can make a good one, then that's it. You know, so that that to me, coming from him, who I who I respect as a distiller, because I've tried some of this commercial stuff and it's pretty amazing. So, uh, but yeah, knowing knowing that that means a lot because if you can make a good absinthe, you can you know what you're doing around around the shop. So, um, okay. So last question. I know you got other things to do than hang out with me. And <laughs> no, you you're good, man. As you can tell, it's getting darker and darker over here. Uh, I'm, moving, I'm moving this little light around, trying to get more light in here. Um, the last question I'll ask, because I would love to have you on in the future to get a, you know, a kind of like a timestamp of, of still it six months from now. Yeah, let's do um, it again, man. Where, where do you see still it yourself, chase the craft in its conglomerate in six months? <laughs> Hmm. Six months is a weird one, dude. Like we're in a weird position at the moment. Um, so once again, to kind of like, this is sort of more of a behind the curtains kind of question, I guess. And the, for a long, for the longest time, the answer to every question for us was just make another video. Right. Like, how do we, how do we try and make more mo money? Make another video. Like, how do we grow the channel? Make another video. Um, and, and I, and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but, but it was very much, the way it was for us you know it was like well okay now i'm i've gone from being part-time to full-time let's step this up how do we step it up you make another video and you make it better than the last one um but we're in a in such a niche little corner of the internet that at some point in time the straight up growth on the channel is going to slow down and taper out like we're gonna we're gonna unless something else happens to kill the channel off eventually we'll get to the point i'm still it's never going to be the channel with 15 million followers right it's just right. not going to happen right we're not going to be doing millions of views we're not mr beast we're not if you don't want to be pewdiepie no it's like a totally different thing right um so we're starting to kind of get to a little bit of a, a turning point now which is we need to start focusing on things that are outside of just youtube uh, and using youtube as a way to um, advertise other things that we're doing and then do other things that make 
the community better for the people that are already watching us on YouTube. Uh, and to be honest, I don't really know what that's going to look like, dude. Yeah. Um, but having Erin quit her day job and come online has sort of opened up a lot of possibilities there in terms of both just me having a little bit more time, um, her doing the things that I should have been doing and I wasn't, uh, and our different skill sets. She's very good at all the things I suck at, uh, which is great. Yeah. Um, so I just don't know, dude. And and right now the 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 project that we were working on was getting the the online store off the ground. Um, and we've mostly done that. There's a few other little things that we want to tweak and change. Uh, it's off the ground. It's running. It's not nearly what we want it to be in the future, but it's kind of getting to the point where we can stop putting all the excess resources into that and find something else to work on. And maybe it is, maybe the, the next thing we work on is the next tier of getting better products, more products, more self-branded products into the store. I don't know. Um, I, I, there are a lot of like bigger budget kind of videos that have, that have been sitting in the wings that just haven't been plausible at the moment. Um, travel, like going and seeing more commercial distilleries, um, showing off, cool new styles and cute and new places uh, pretty much what it did in texas right but do that right. all around the world that'd be right. awesome yeah um the distillery takeover that we did at andalusia uh that's a pretty mobile idea we that we can do in a lot of different places as well um and it's a really cool way to get face to face with people that are just internet names to you you know mm -hmm. uh so that's something we're looking into uh potentially a, a home distilling competition that we can run out of new zealand because uh, it's all legal here we do have to pay the excise tax on it uh, but once again that that's a cool way to bring people together and probably more importantly get legit feedback from legit judges back to people that are isolated and making whiskey in their basement or whatever you know right right um, so yeah that we're, we're at a weird stage dude and i just i don't know um <laughs> we're polishing off a project we've got to pick the next project uh, if we do this again in six months, hopefully I'll be able to tell you exactly what that project is and hopefully it'll be almost finished and we'll yeah. be ready for the next one. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. No, and also, no, no, no. And, and also you guys are doing a collab with Into the Aim. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was hoping we weren't wearing the same shirt. That would have been really freaking awkward, you know. Um, but um, Oh, dude. Another little exclusive. Uh, I just got word from Into the AM that they are sending me samples of the Bigfoot shirt, and I know you yeah, were one. Of, you yeah. were one of the people that were right into that. So I'll, um, absolutely. As, as soon as that goes live, I'll make sure to I'll, I'll send you some vouchers so you can get one. Awesome, back. awesome. I appreciate it. Um, okay, <laughs> okay. Before we go, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, your website, your YouTube, all that, all that stuff. Uh, you have Patreon as well, which I've been a member of for a long time. Uh, let everybody Appreciate know it, where. Yeah, no, no, definitely. But um, let everybody know where where you're at and uh, where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you want to find us on the website, it's probably the easiest way to kind of have access to everything. That's chasethecraft.com. Um, so there's the the retail store which operates. We post from New Zealand and America there. Um, and that'll have links to YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Um, Randall's one of the mods on our Facebook group. Uh, so yeah, behave over there or he'll sort you out quick smart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> the YouTube channel's still it. Uh, if you if you jump on YouTube and and at this point, if you type in just about any distilling related question, um, type it in, and the you should see my uh, ugly mug and beautiful beard pop up in the first the first page. Generally, you can go from there. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, don't jump off. I want to talk to you real fast, but, uh, yeah, yeah, agree, right? yeah, yeah. I want to tell everybody, thank y'all again for, for listening in. I hope this was enjoyable for you. And, uh, until we meet again, keep your spirits up. <laughs>